0: I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. So glad you guys have joined us here tonight on the
1: show. Jeff dw jason with you guys tonight and this is the conversation that saves lives today we're going to chat about some things that hopefully give you some perspective on life and we've been chatting quite a bit over the last few weeks about friendship and relationships so make sure to go back and listen to those episodes and we'll, we'll talk more about that tonight make sure to catch those on the podcast at hopenet 360.com tonight guys i just um, first of all how are you guys doing it's so good to be back with you and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a great conversation tonight
3: yeah, it'll be really good. I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited that spring is in the air. You know, everybody's already talking about spring breaks and, and the weather's turning, the snow's gone, um, hopefully for good until summer comes. So it just brings about a lot of excitement and energy. People can get outside more and just do things, go for a run, that sort of stuff. So all in all, it's I'm pumped.
2: Yeah. You know, there's no place to be that's better in the summer than Wisconsin. Just perfect weather, great, great opportunities to do all kinds of things. So we're, we're excited about what God's got ahead for us. And even this show, I'm excited about um, uh, us being able to have a conversation that might actually help people. So I invite people to go uh, get a cup of coffee or something or and, uh, sit down and enjoy uh, just being a part of the conversation tonight.
1: And it's not too late to have a cup of coffee. I think coffee is coffee is on tap just about any time of the day. So, uh, I don't know about you, I, I like coffee, I enjoy coffee, so do you guys, Dave, I know you don't drink coffee, do you? you do the tea oh yeah, thing. I do.
2: Do you? No, I, I do coffee and tea, whatever's hot, man.
1: I don't
3: think I've ever seen you drink coffee.
2: Oh yeah? Usually every morning I have a cup. Oh. Yeah, I, I do it at home. And you know what I do? I throw a, a little, a quarter teaspoon of uh, cocoa powder in it.
3: At first I thought you were going to say butter. Yeah, you
2: know, <laughs> to, uh, you No, know. uh, I've been told to do that obviously by... Some people. (laughs) I've heard that's good. Yes.
3: Putting butter in your coffee. I've never tried it. Yes.
2: Uh, But no, uh, cocoa powder, dark chocolate cocoa powder, quarter teaspoon of uh, cinnamon, and then maple syrup in there. Oh, man. Wow. Interesting. It is a great cup of coffee. You do that, it it gives you a thrill. Your mouth just goes, (laughs) yahoo.
3: Yep. Jason, are you um, a coffee drinker? I am. I, I, it's funny because when I was in college, that's when I started drinking coffee, mainly to stay awake to finish my homework at nighttime. That's how it all starts. Yeah, man. right. Um, <laughs> and then I and then I worked at a coffee shop, and then things changed because I moved to Northern Ireland, uh, which we just you know in the past couple of weeks celebrated St. Patty's Day. So hopefully everybody enjoyed that. But when I was over there, they're they're heavy tea drinkers. Yep. You know, and and not so much coffee drinkers. And so, after spending four years there, I I declined my my coffee drinking abilities and switched over to tea. And I came back, and right after I got back, I got married, and my wife is a, is a loves coffee, mm-hmm. and it actually took me probably a good eight months to get back on the coffee train. Yeah, but I enjoy it again. I, I like. It again.
2: You know what? Maybe you could join me. I I do actually. I do one cup of coffee in the morning, that that kind of described, and then I do tea the rest of the day. There you go. And uh, so, but very enjoyable. Got to get on the train, man. Yeah. Got to have a hot cup in my hand. You know, I I think I associate that with all the good things in life because a lot of times in the morning I'll be sitting the Bible in my lap or my kids were around when they were growing up or whatever else, and I got this cup of coffee or this cup of hot something in my hand. And up here in northern Wisconsin, I think that's just a a, a necessity almost. And So it's become kind of relational to me, believe it or not. Even if I don't drink it, sometimes I'll just be holding it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you, you know, just right it's just, there. Just to
1: have it. Oh, man. Hopefully it's not any kind of expensive coffee these days, but yeah, it is. I, I enjoy sitting down and having a cup of coffee. It, it sounds just like one of those natural commercial settings where you're just sitting down on your couch, steaming cup of warm coffee and kids running around the background. It sounds like a great idea. I'm going to go grab some.
2: All right. Do you ever put froth in your coffee? Froth. Um, yeah, you know, milk, uh, kind of froth it up. I'll give you a cheap way to do it. It's really cool. Try. You got to go home and try it. All this. right. <laughs> it, 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 it could be – and I wouldn't do it with skim milk, man. I would do it like with whole milk or 2%. Well, yeah. Take it and put it in – put just a little bit of my, in, in a shaker cup. Just shake it up like for about uh, 30 seconds to shake it hard. Put it in the microwave and watch it. And once it doubles in size, throw it in your coffee. There you go. I am not kidding you. It is cool, and it's it's very good tasting. Yeah.
3: So then you're just making your own latte. You are. And
2: and then you throw that cinnamon and and and, and cocoa in there, and so what you're saying is, is it's really not
3: coffee anymore. You're drinking a cinnamon maple chocolate.
2: No, I don't do that frothing too much because I don't have frothing. milk in the house because we just don't drink that much milk. Oh, right. uh, But when we do, I, I, I froth it up, man, and I do it fast. And I'm thinking, there are people who bought these really expensive frothing machines. Good for you. Enjoy them. <laughs> but I just did it in a microwave. <laughs> if you
3: ever want to do something cheap, just find D W and he'll help you out. That's well, right. I
1: mean, when you're camping, you still got you still got to find a way to to have your coffee, and you still got to froth up your milk. So this is great for anybody who's going camping in the summertime or whatever. And and if you get nothing else out of the show, at least you know how to make a good froth for your coffee. That's that's what we try to do on the show is give you something to take away. It's it's so funny we talk about coffee, and I have a couple of friends who are really big into coffee, and it seems like there's there's this group of people whether it's coffee or it's tea there are people that are on both sides of that fence that are really like really devoted to their coffee really devoted to their tea and like it a certain way and with the certain ingredients and you talk about cinnamon and a little bit of cocoa powder and some froth and next thing you know you're like you're looked at as like this coffee snob or this tea snob because you have such a such a devotion such a passion for these warm drinks that we just like here in america I don't know. Is
2: that does that seem kind of crazy to you guys? You know what? I don't have a passion for it, honestly. No, I, it sounds like I do, but I got I I have a personality where I get excited about you know stepping on an ant. So I and I mean it's not it's not something <laughs> that I have a great passion for, but but I do enjoy it. And I think you know God gave us stuff to enjoy. I think He did. I think here's one of the really cool things when when you start having something that's just enjoyable, you can pause for a second and go, wow. My Heavenly Father, God, you gave that to us. thanks that's very nice, you know, and I think whether it be a pizza and, and oh Jason, you like pizza, so or whether it be peeper. a pizza, or whether it be um you know just about anything but a peep, I think you can look up <laughs> and say, "You know." This was very good. I think peeps were like a mistake. They, they, that, happened with, that happened in the garden, probably. Yeah. It's
3: all effects of the curse. Yeah.
2: You know, something happened in the garden.
3: You can eat a peep while sitting next to a lit peep candle and smelling it. <laughs> and then following it down by drinking peep milk oh
2: help me
1: what's really funny is every time we talk about peeps somebody has to like text me or tweet at me and give me this picture of them eating a peep it's it's funny i so thank you guys so much for as you're listening to the show and you want to you have a this, collection
2: uh, you have a peep picture collection uh, <laughs> sh- that would be a picture a pp collection i did <laughs> i
1: will never i will never admit to that
2: <laughs> let's forget this whole oh, oh, conversation is going we, downhill. Yeah, we
3: digress quickly. <laughs> And it's all because of Peeps.
1: I will never admit to having a Peep picture collection on any of my devices. But for those who do message in, I appreciate it. We are on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can send us some pictures of your Peeps, I guess. Easter is right around the corner. Actually, today would be Palm Sunday if you celebrate that. And This is kind of that time when apparently... There's a lot of marketing for these things, but anyway, connect with us. I don't know why. Connect with us on Twitter. Use the hashtag (laughs) HNRTB, and I would love to hear from you guys tonight. So there are a lot of different things that people are devoted to today. We're devoted to our jobs. Maybe we're devoted to our sport. We're devoted to our coffee or our tea. I mean, there are so many things in America that we can become devoted to. How would you define being devoted?
3: I think of a word that we actually don't use a whole lot. I think of the word zealous. You know, It's a word that they used to use back in the day a little bit that we've kind of lost meaning of, but, um, zealous is just this, this overwhelming, I, I suppose, passion and commitment where you're just super excited about something that you're just willing to give it your all, um, sort of thing. And I think that kind of gets at the, the meaning of what devotion is.
2: When you think of we're all devoted to something, something drives each one of us. Yeah. And, and we're devoted to it for comfort, pleasure, um, Whatever, we're, but we're devoted to something. And I think it's a wise thing to ask what is it that actually drives me and why? And what would make me abandon something? Like, what would make you quit coffee?
1: Oh, if it makes uh, me sick, that would be the, yeah. one of the things. Yeah.
2: You know what? I quit coffee once a year. I went off coffee because I was going overseas and I didn't want to be addicted while I was overseas because I didn't know if those people I was going to had coffee. And I didn't want to have headaches and do that kind of thing. So once a year, I would just do it just to make sure I wasn't addicted to it. And so, I mean, that would be like the reason. But see, all of a sudden, it's like you could be devoted to coffee, but what happens when you say, I'm not going to do this anymore? It shows you what you're really devoted to. Yeah. I'm really not devoted to coffee. Yeah, right. So I'm devoted to something else. Yeah. And that's what I think we, our, our guests our, our listening audience needs to, to ask themselves. What are you really devoted to? What does that mean? And, and how does it affect your life? Is you should be able to walk away from things.
1: That's very true. Remember, you can chat with a live coach anytime at Hobenet360.com, especially tonight if you're going through something difficult and you just need some perspective. Maybe someone just to listen to what's going on in your life and then give you some helpful input on maybe a situation going on in your life. Chat with a live coach at Hobenet360.com. The conversation will continue here on Hobenet Radio.
0: Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com This is HopeNet Radio Feel free to email the show Hope at HopeNet360.com now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us here tonight on the show. We're going to chat a little bit about devotion and what this word means. And and sometimes, guys, as we're talking about these things, it kind of brings up new thoughts and new maybe perspectives. Maybe you haven't thought about what you're devoted to in your life. Connect with us on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio tweet back and your guys' tweets. You guys are all part of the conversation tonight. You can also email us at hope at hopenet360.com if you want to be a little bit more anonymous. We don't have to mention your name and uh, and all that. But we do like to hear from you guys and hear your thoughts as we're talking about it. We in America, we tend to get devoted to a lot of different things. There are many things in our culture that we get we can be devoted to, whether it's you know our smartphones or it's our video games or maybe our sports team. There's a lot of athletes today that are competing. I well, actually just wrapped up with a tournament. There was a tournament uh, with the girls basketball here in Green Bay just a little bit ago. And so many athletes, uh, they get so devoted to their sport, to their team. And uh, it's not a bad thing, but in our life, we can get really devoted to a lot of different things. We wonder Are those things significant? We talked a lot about significance and security and and we were kind of chatting a little bit in the break. You know, we we did give you some pointers on frothing your coffee. And so there are many that uh, maybe you listen to the show and you love your coffee. Uh, What other things, guys, do you see that young people are devoted to today?
3: I think a lot of times it's even their interests. March Madness here, just seeing some of the devotion that goes into brackets, some of the devotion that goes into following and cheering on sports teams, you know, and then there's people that are devoted to their, their skills. You know, you have people that, that give all of their attention to whether it's dance or music, you know, and so I think there's a wide variety of ways that we see devotion. I mean, more so now than ever, I see young people so busy because they're devoted to their skill, you know, whether it's extracurricular activities, whether it's, you know, sports or music, you know, whatever it is, like there's, there's a lot of it and there's a lot of time and effort going into it.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's very interesting that uh, you say that because the Bible, I think, makes it very clear that, that we're going to be devoted to something that we're we're made that way. Um, And, and we're not supposed to have other idols other than God or things that drive us other than God, but we all do, it seems. I mean, there are some people that are driven by coffee. I mean, there really are. They their whole life revolves around it, and and they spend uh, you know thousands of dollars on it probably a year. And I'm not saying that's necessarily evil, but they're driven by it. Mm-hmm. And and what we find out is is that it's hard for us to understand the things that actually control us because we we want to believe what we want to believe. Nobody would say coffee controls them. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe some people would, but <laughs> most people wouldn't say that. Um, what's interesting is that. Uh, if you look at our life, if you want to try and understand what we're devoted to, you have to see what it is every day that you would not give up no matter what and why. So, so what is it during the day that you would rather give your life up than give that up? You know, what I mean, that kind of thing. And now you'll begin to see what you're really devoted to. And, uh, and the, the, the second question would be, is it worth being devoted to that? You know, I mean, if you're really devoted to, um, a sports team, uh, and that's all that matters to you, you're probably in for disappointment. Uh, wasn't it recently that there was a um, a guy that used to play for University of Wisconsin that just um, – he played one year for San Francisco. Is it Borland? Is that his name? I think uh, so. That, that, that just re- quit. Yeah. He said no more.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and that took people by surprise. Mm-hmm. Why did it take people by surprise?
1: Well, I mean, you get to play in the NFL, and you think, well – you know you're making the money why would you quit my understanding was he quit because he was concerned about his health you know head injuries and all that it's kind of a bigger conversation uh, around all of football whether it's NFL or pee wee or uh, high school football just head injuries in general and i think that was a concern that he had so he decided to walk away and and that kind of surprised people because they're like well once you do that, if you were making that kind of money, once you just go through with it for a short time and have the, the cash in the bank that you w- would ever want,
2: that would surprise people who would be devoted to money. But I would think this shows that he's devoted to something else. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, it would surprise people. What, what is it that really drives an NFL player? What is it? We don't know. I know we're speculating, but <laughs> what do you think is that that would drive an NFL player? Namak and Sue, if I even said his name right. He is going to make, if I got my math right, $198,000 a day. Yeah. Okay. Now, if he wanted to walk from that, which he's not as far as I understand, but $198,000 a day
1: Mm -hmm.
2: is what he's making. I believe like a guy, and put it in perspective, Aaron Rodgers, is making $60,000 a day. Wow. 365 days a year if I have his salaries right from what I got off the internet. So what's interesting to me is, all right, could somebody walk from that? Did somebody just walk away from it, it's or tough. is it the yeah, or is it the accolades that they they like? I mean, maybe it's not the money anymore. Right. Take a guy. I remember a couple of years ago, a guy did a study on Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and he was trying to say Michael Jordan makes so much in a day right now, not doing anything, you know, from endorsements and that kind of thing. Uh, he would say, "I'm doing something. I'm doing endorsements, you know, but yeah. whatever." But Underwear. that he couldn't even spend it. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is that this guy did um, I forget where it was, but he did a a study and where he said, "Well, if Michael got up and he went golfing at like Pebble Beach, and then he decided to have lunch in New York, and then uh, flew home that night on his private jet, by the end of the day, he still would have made money." Yeah, That's you know, yeah. I mean, he makes that much money right. that he can't spend enough in a day. Hmm. And this year, he joined the billionaire list. Yeah. So he's he's trotting around the world every day, and he joined the billionaire list because he keeps making more money. <laughs> All right. Interesting. My question is for any American, what are they devoted to? Yeah. Is it money that we're devoted to? Is it comfort? How does our life affect it if we're devoted to comfort? You know what I think? If I'm devoted to comfort, you better watch it, Jason, because I'm going to use you mm-hmm. for me yeah. because I'm devoted to comfort, not you. I'm not devoted to your good. I'm not devoted to the good of your family. I'm, not, I'm really devoted to what's good for Dave Wager and what, what makes me comfortable. And that could be pretty dangerous if you have a bunch of individuals devoted to comfort. So, I mean, I look at this football player who resigned, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, or, or retired, as they say, after one year. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. I look at someone like a, Mon- a, a Namakan Sioux and, a, and I look <laughs> at Michael Jordan and I say, well, I don't know what they're really devoted to. I mean, I, I really don't know, but could it be money? Could it be fame? Could it be thrill of calling your private plane and going somewhere? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. The president of the United States, what is what is he really devoted to? I think it's really hard when you get out of office. Uh, you've always been able to get Marine One to go for pizza, you know, or whatever it is, and you're not mm. You're not able to do that anymore. So that must be a downer. Well, <laughs> I think it's a valid question for our listeners to ask. What are you devoted to? Mm-hmm. And I think it's valid because once you really figure that out, you can start making the decisions you need to because if you're devoted to something that is going to change or not be around, down the road you're going to have problems. Right. I don't care who you are.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, because if you think about it, it's really what drives you and what motivates you is what you're devoted to. And if you put all your eggs in one basket per se, say it is a sport or say it is a talent, you know, one day that's going to up and leave you. Yeah. What are you devoted to after that? And if that's what your life is all about, then you're missing something. And
2: and I think most people don't know what they're devoted to. I, I think if they were to ask the average person across the United States, say, what are you devoted to? They would tell you intellectually what they'd want to. Right. But I wonder if we really know what we're devoted to. I wonder if we've ever sat down and really asked those hard questions or people outside of us, how they see us and, and that kind of thing. And, and and does it matter?
3: Yeah. And I suppose as as you look at yourself and do the self-assessment, one thing you can ask yourself, at the end of the day, if you were to take everything away, what is the one thing that you just want to still be there? Yep. You know, and that's really at the core of what your main devotion is.
2: Yeah. How does that actually affect you know your happiness in life and that kind of thing, yeah. Um I, and I'm sure it's also tied into our. Uh, we've talked a lot in this program of, of people seeking significance and security. Mm-hmm. Well, that significance comes from, I think, what you're devoted to. You, you, you looking at something and say, "I need to be devoted to this." You could be devoted to having the nicest lawn in the neighborhood and spend hours and hours and thousands of dollars. On. I mean, you could do that. I'm thinking that it's very important for us to identify this because if we don't identify it well, I'm not sure we can be fulfilled, significant, secure, and enjoy the life that God gave us. And, and, and part of Christianity is uh, that Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. So we need to, we need to understand what he means by that.
1: Yeah, it's so important. And especially today, we live in a world where we can be devoted to just about anything what things really do matter. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the people that you can think of that are some of the most devoted people in your life. So connect with us on the tweet back. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag #hnrtb. Let us know who is the most devoted person that you can think of in your life. Connect with us. Also, email us at hope at hopenet360.com. The conversation will continue here at HopeNet Radio. We're connecting
0: parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. Tonight we're chatting about devotion and the things that we're devoted to. Do they really matter in life? And I think we all get to that point when we're committed to something, when we put all of this time and effort into things, and and one day it just kind of... seems like it's just not worth it anymore. You know, whether you've been disappointed, you've been discouraged, and maybe that's you tonight. If you're going through something, you can chat with a live coach at hopenet360.com. But guys, as we're chatting on the show, I'd like to hear from you. Who are some of the most devoted people through your life?
3: I would say it's there's there's been a couple of people in my life that have been my mentors. You know, there was was somebody in Minnesota, a guy named Dave that I got to know really well. Um, And he was just really, really committed and devoted not only to to his family, um, our friendship, Um, but just to, to everything that he did, you could tell there was just this sense of commitment and passion and it really wasn't a selfish thing. It was really, he, he just wanted to, to share and, and make other people successful around him, Mm. uh, which was really good. And so it was just a a positive influence for me to see that.
2: I would have to say, you know, my parents without a doubt, man, my dad was, was so devoted to being a pastor and loving his people as a kid. I couldn't figure that out, but he started ministries for me. He he was always there for him middle of the night, all and he didn't get paid really. I mean, he really didn't get paid very much. So as I got older, it was more confusing to me why he did what he did. In fact, when I when I got older and I realized all the stuff that he did and didn't get paid, I was amazed at what drove him, what he was devoted to. It was obviously that he was devoted to the people and that he was devoted to God. And the thing he wasn't devoted to was uh, making money and that kind of stuff. But he amazed me and I, and I wished that someday I could be even half the man he was in that sense. Uh, I mean, here he was, a senior pastor, taught many times a week. He also taught at New Tribes Bible Institute because he had a heart for missions. He also started a ministry for missionary parents who didn't want to send their their kids away for six months at a time to school so they could school their kids at home. So he started that. He also started Silver Birch Ranch and another camp in the southern part of the state, Phantom Ranch, and because he he believed the kids needed to go to a place like a camp to both for evangelism and leadership development, and he he always made it affordable to kids. When we would buy a car at our house, the question was always, well, what is the best car we could use to transport kids to church or bring stuff up to camp? I mean, everything about his life was about doing what needed to be done to reach people for the kingdom. And he was so devoted that way that, you know, I grew up with that atmosphere. I knew no other life. I, I may not have agreed with it as a kid even, but there's nothing you could do against it mm-hmm. because it wasn't, it was obvious he wasn't doing it for himself because he didn't get the things that everyone else got out of it. We lived, when I go back and even see the house I grew up in, I can't imagine living in a house that small. Mm. It was in Chicago. It was one of those little bungalows that was built after World War II you know, it's just very small, no air conditioning, you know. I mean, eventually we got air conditioning in there. But most of my life, you had a fan in the window, you know, I mean, that kind of thing. And and really, it was kind of an interesting life for a guy that devoted himself to others, gave himself to others. And, and uh, I really was examining his life. Hmm. Towards the end of his life, he was offered to pastorate of one of the largest churches in Chicago. And they really wanted him to come and back the camp he started and all that stuff. And, and I remember he said no to it. And I remember asking him why. I mean, his whole life, he serves people that never really took care of him. And I thought, why didn't you go somewhere where they would take care of you? And he just said, I love those people. And that's what God's called me to. And I thought, okay. He loved Chrysler cars, but he wouldn't buy one. <laughs> because he worked with, he said, the working class people of Chicago area. Mm. And Chrysler was always known as the rich guy's car. Mm-hmm. So he always bought the Dodge equivalent to whatever Chrysler he wanted because they were the same company. Yep, yep. So, so he would have a Dodge Diplomat, which I think was a Chrysler Cordoba. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh. So he had the same car, but he made it a Dodge. Yeah. So that's how it affected his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it affected him because he thought, well, I need a working man's car. Yeah. Dodge is working man's. <laughs> Chrysler's not because that's why I minister to. And I thought, you know, that's affected me to this day. Yeah. A guy once offered me a, he was getting rid of a Cadillac, and it was really nice. Um, I forget what what brand of Cadillac it was. And he said, "Hey, man, I want you to use this." And and I said, "No, nah, I can't." I, I did take it for camp, and we sold it hmm. because I said, "You know, I I can't drive that." Yeah. Well, why? You know, it's a comfortable car, and etc. It's I can't do it. I I I'm going to to help people that don't have that much money and. No, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do it. So it rubbed off on me in that sense. I'm not saying yeah. that pat me on the back for that. I, it just rubbed off Yeah, that that's how you live your life. So I think my mom and dad were, were extremely that way. And I, I still to this day am in, in gratitude, and many people are, for what they did. Uh, and what drove them was actually their love for God and their love for people. Yeah.
1: You know, I would agree with that, you know the people that impacted me the most are going to be my parents and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I mean, they were committed not only to family, but uh, both of them are, I mean, my mom's a small business owner. My dad's worked in, in his same uh, workplace for many years, over 30 years. And so today in a day and age where we see a lot of changeover and some people change jobs every year, every couple of years, every five years or something, there's all this talk about how long you should be working at a job today. And and for them, I mean, that's kind of, it kind of shows maybe how our culture has shifted, that we see less devotion or maybe more fine-tuned devotion for a short period of time. But you see this all over the place where we don't see the the long-term I know Dave, you've been been at Silver Birch for over 40 40 plus years. And I mean, just to be involved in that in the different capacities that you have and the people that are on your staff, and um, I'm sure you've got some people who have long tenure, but there are some that today that's not a real high priority, that we don't see ourselves continuing on in the same line of work or, or the same job for year after year. Sometimes we're just looking for that next thing, that next plateau. And so it kind of goes back to, yeah, what are we devoted to? What things should we be devoted to in our life? And and we look yeah. at athletes like Peyton Manning or you know the Brett Favre's of the era, and, and now you've got coming on um, some new kind of quarterbacks and new players. I mean, guys that have been in there for 10-plus years, and we talk about one who just spends a year and retires. I mean, these are also other examples of – of guys that I would say are probably devoted as well to what they're doing.
2: Yeah. You know what? It's interesting that almost half of the millennials, uh, people in in that age bracket, 45% of them would change their jobs very quickly if they could, and they see a better opportunity out out there. Mm -hmm. And and many of them, if they've worked for a company for seven months, believe that they are loyal to the company and that that should be rewarded uh, after seven months. Now, I'm just interested in that because Just the way I I looked at devoted people, one of the decisions I made when we moved up here in 1981, one of the decisions that was really precipitated by just being in my family with my dad and, and, and understanding the importance of dedication is that I asked God if he'd give me 25 years in the same spot. And no matter what happened for 25 years, I wanted to stay dedicated because I, I just wondered what would happen if you just stayed at one spot for 25 years and you just got up every day, you loved God, you went to work, you did your thing, you went home. Mm-hmm. And, and what would happen if you could do that? And I remember after 25 years just taking time to pray about it with God and saying, God, thank you. I honestly evaluated whether I should stay after that and I stayed and now I think I'll just die here. It was one of those those times in life where I was so glad it, there was a point where I said, God, I want to stick it out long enough to through the thick and the thin to see if something good can happen in life. And I know that it takes consistency. You can't have really good things happen if every heartache and everything, you, you switch gears and leave and do something else. And, and so I... I would encourage those that are listening to think about the consistency in their life, in the areas that they minister, in, and actually the things they're devoted to. Are they worth being devoted to for 20, 30, 40 years?
1: As we continue on the second half of HopeNet Radio, we're going to unpack this idea of devotion. What does it mean to be devoted uh, we we give examples of people that we've seen be devoted what does that actually mean how do you know if you're actually devoted or not i mean can you give 60% of your effort for x number of years and be considered devoted or can you be you know can you give 110% for 4 months and that be considered devoted i don't know we can need to unpack this a little bit more here on this show remember you can connect with us on twitter use the hashtag h n r t b the second half of hope radio
0: is coming up so keep it right here feel like nobody cares We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by GroundWire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to
1: the second half of
0: HopeNet Radio.
1: Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, we've got Jason with us in studio And we're chatting a little bit about devotion, this big word. It's a small word. I mean, it's only got eight letters in it, but yet it carries such weight. I enjoy being around people who are devoted, especially to things that I'm passionate about. So when I was in high school, it would be my athletic team, my soccer team. Um, I was very devoted to that and what it took to win games and to have fun playing, be competitive. Uh, Many young people today are devoted to a lot of different things. It could be sports. uh, It could be video games. It could be relationships. Devoted to things like brands, those who are kind of Apple geeks, kind of like I am not totally a geek, uh, in that regard, but people who are loyal or yeah, okay, Dave, you are, you're a little bit loyal to yes. Apple, but you I know am. we're devoted to a lot of different things. We talked about coffee before, and I would be one of those guys who would be included on in that. I like I like drinking coffee and I enjoy that. I'm gonna have to try the the frothing technique that you brought up there, Dave, because uh, it's kind of intriguing, kind of sounds good right about now.
2: I'm gonna patent it, so do it before I patent it, and you owe me money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you know if you do patent it, just hook me up. I mean, yep. just you know, send me some packets or something. Yeah, all right. <laughs> It's important to discover what it really means to be devoted. And uh, in this second half, I'd like to talk more about what it really means to be devoted. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer has this interesting quote um, that I pulled up. We'll post this in our show notes as well at HopeNet360.com. But the quote goes like this. What keeps gnawing at me, Dietrich says this, what keeps gnawing at me is the question, what is Christianity or who is Christ actually for us today? The age when we could tell people that with words, whether with theological or with pious words, is past, as is the age of inwardness and of conscience. And that means the age of religion altogether. We are approaching a completely religionless age people as they are now simply cannot be religious anymore. Even those who honestly describe themselves as religious aren't really practicing that at all. They presumably mean something quite different by religious. And while we're talking about devotion, you can be devoted to something and not be religious. But at the same time, there are many of us who walk with Christ, who walk in the faith. And yet we get this notion that, you know, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And while that's true, you know, religion and being religious, I think it still has something to do with devotion, doesn't it, Dave?
2: Well, religion, by definition, is a set of beliefs concerning a cause, nature, or the purpose of the universe. And, I mean, that's what it is. So all of us have that. I mean, all of us have a set of beliefs. So we have a religion. And we, when we say we, we believe in relationships and not religion, I, I think we're talking about believing in working things out with people and with God on a level that has to do with growth and development. Of course, growth and development doesn't apply to God. It just applies to people. Really, what I've understood is that you really do need to have rules, regulations, religion, a belief system in place in order to have a good relationship. Jason, you've been married how long? Two and a half years. All right. Do you have any rules within your relationship that allow you to have a good relationship?
3: Uh, yeah. You know, there's kind of things that we've talked about and set up, you know, like one of the things that we, that we do is we, always, fairly often we try to do like a date night where it's just the two of us. You okay. know, we have a son now, a year and a half, and that obviously creates more of a dynamic in our family. And so we just want to make sure that there's time set aside for us to develop our relationships still. And,
2: and the the rules and the expectations they've changed as, as the dynamics change? Absolutely. As, okay. You know, I have rules myself. Uh, I travel a lot. I will not travel with a woman. I won't do that other than my wife. Mm -hmm. I won't uh, go out to eat dinner with a woman without my wife there. In other words, alone, I won't do that. These rules came from the fact that I am happily married for over 35 years. And I understand what it takes to be devoted to another person. And the things that would threaten that, I need to keep out of my life. And there's things that you just start to discover about life that you say, well, I need to set a rule for that then. Now, you may call that, and when you're talking about God and loving God, you may call that religious or religion mm-hmm. because you are. You're, you're, you're going on a belief system at that point. But, Jason, if you were not married mm-hmm. and you had the same regulations, that may not work. Right. In other words, just having a rule doesn't make you married. Hmm. Right. But when you're married and you have a relationship, then setting up rules could be a good thing, not a bad thing. And I think Christians have looked at like rules as a bad thing
3: mm-hmm.
2: when actually if you're in a relationship, you probably should have rules. Am I making myself clear or is this kind of muddy? You no,
3: know, it makes a lot of sense to me, okay. you know, because it's, it's really guidelines that you set up to protect a relationship, you know, and whether, whether you call it rules or, or whatever it is, you have things in place to make sure that you're, you're protecting and investing Into that relationship.
2: Yeah, I watched you change the word rule to guidelines. See, and that's exactly fine. I mean, that's it. We we don't like the word religion. We don't like the word rules. Right, yeah. Yet religion is only a a group of belief systems. So, I mean, that's all that really is. And so we have it. Scientists have that. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has a belief system. The rules then. If they're made because I want comfort, see, here's where we go to the dedication part or, or, or the focus part or whatever. If I make rules so that my comfort isn't compromised, that's one thing. Right. If I make rules so that my dopamine in my brain is satisfied, that's one thing. But if I make rules so that other people's lives are better and I can be a better husband, and I, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer is talking about, don't you, Jeff? When when we're talking about kind of religion and rules, don't you think that's what he's really saying?
1: Well, he's asking some big questions, that's for sure. And, and the article goes on. We'll share this link in our show notes tonight. One of the things that I was thinking about as you were you were talking there, Dave, is that it it also comes down to what the end is. You know, to being devoted. So we're devoted to something. For me in high school, it'd be I was devoted to my soccer team because at the end of it, if we won enough games, if we beat as many teams as we possibly could, that would mean that we would be, you know, the state title holder. And maybe that would open up opportunities. But the end of being devoted to soccer in my high school years was going to state, to winning the state championship. And so whether it's a sport or whether it's something else, there's, we have this end in mind, and, and Dave, you brought up something very fascinating in the first half of the show about that sometimes that we live in such a way because we want to be comfortable, and this even applies in our faith where we're devoted to something so that it, it, it brings about comfort or it brings about um, satisfaction in our life, right. and yet we're still living in a day where many people today would say they're not really comfortable, they're not really they're not really finding that key in life that's bringing happiness, that's bringing real peace and lasting joy and actually yeah. bringing about hope in their life.
2: Yeah, you know, I think they're devoted to the wrong thing, and that, that's what, one of the ways you can tell if you're devoted to the wrong thing mm-hmm. because it won't bring you any long-lasting peace or satisfaction. See, here's what God said very simply. First and foremost, if those that are listening to us don't have a relationship with God, there's no way for you to be devoted to the right thing. I mean, there, there isn't because you are made a certain way. You are made to be devoted to God and you are made to be devoted to the good of other people, not yourself. See so you are made a, a real peculiar way, a very interesting way. And, and in order to understand that, you have to have a relationship with God. And if you don't have one, you need to start one. It's like anything else. If you don't have a relationship with the the, the person that lives next door, you need to go knock on the door and start a relationship. Say, hi, I'm your next door neighbor. And you do something to get to know him. And if you don't have a relationship with God, you need to start one. The Bible makes it clear that even though I'm not reaching out, even though I'm sinful and things in my life have destroyed me, God sent Jesus his son while I'm in that condition so that I could have an invitation to be a part of his family. And if you're confused by that at all, we would love for you to, to go to Hopenet360.com and talk to a live coach and, and tell them, I, I am confused about entering into God's family. I'd love to understand what that means. I'd love to understand what it means to, to be a Christian. But, and then once you are, see, then then what we want to do is begin to learn what we should be devoted to. And, and if I'm devoted to just me, then you can't trust me in anything that I say because I will use you and your resources and everything to make my life better. So that's a very dangerous thing to be devoted to. And and I would say that I'm not devoted to me, but I'm pretty good at hiding that. And I'm very good at not knowing what I'm really devoted at. Uh, so it, it's important that I, I have some kind of outside influence to help me there. So in reality, relationships do help us sort things out, and, and what we need to do in a relationship is set up the rules and regulations so that the relationship can thrive, and what we need to be devoted to is loving God and loving people, and we can talk more about that.
1: And that's another component that kind of leads into what we're going to chat about a little bit more, is this this idea of devotion. Woodrow Wilson has this quote, and he says, and we can kind of equate these two words together, but he said, Loyalty means nothing unless it has at its heart the absolute principle of self-sacrifice that loyalty, loyalty and devotion, I think, go hand in hand. And you could say the same thing. Devotion means nothing unless it has at its heart the absolute principle of self-sacrifice. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio.
0: If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. Man, we have so much fun in these breaks. I wish you could hear the conversation. Actually, we're having the conversation when we're actually live on the air. So we're glad that you've joined us here tonight on the show. We're chatting about devotion. And if you miss any part of the show, make sure to go back and listen to the podcast. Go to hopenet360.com slash podcast, and you can go and find all the different channels that we podcast on. So we're on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, and you can grab the feed and, and pretty much plug it into whatever listening app that you use or on your computer, you could go in and subscribe that way too. So Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight here. Devotion and commitment and loyalty, all these things. Uh, that quote by Woodrow Wilson was intriguing to me and where he talked about devotion and loyalty, meaning absolutely nothing unless it has to do with self-sacrifice. And I think in our day and age, I think with our humanity and who we are as people, it can be incredibly difficult to lay down our desires. A lot of times we
3: don't think about that naturally, do we? No, not, not at all. You know, and I think that's, that's really at the heart of, of what being devoted is. It's, it's putting aside your own almost selfish ambitions for the betterment of others, you know, and, and when we talk about devotion and how we are created to be devoted, you know, and, and Dave just got done talking about that and, and how we're, we're created to be devoted to God. And our heart's desire is to, is to love him and then to love others. You know, and that's really what it's about. So it really goes with, with what Woodrow Wilson is getting at there, you know, is this idea of self-sacrifice. Because we need to be willing to put ourselves aside to be devoted to
2: something. Yeah. Devotion always demands sacrifice, no matter what you're devoted to. So let me give you the, the negative side. If, if I'm devoted to my comfort, hmm. I will sacrifice my friendships. I will sacrifice my health. Because I'll just sit around and eat pizza or something. You know, I mean, I'll sacrifice. See, it, it always involves sacrifice. We don't realize that. But no. devotion means I'm going towards this one thing. Right. So those who are drug addicts, uh, you know, and, and and really a lot of drug addiction has to do with the dopamine, that kind of thing. What they're addicted to and what they're going for is this. They're devoted to this feeling. Yep. And in the feeling, they're willing to get poor, hurt people, kill people. So they can get the feeling. Mm-hmm. See, I, I mean, so they're devoted to something. And I would suggest that everybody's devoted to something. And and if you're devoted to, the, to God and loving him and mm-hmm. obeying him and devoted to each other, then what you're doing is sacrificing your earthly pleasures mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. See, but it always involves sacrifice, always. For people that say, well, I'm not sacrificing because I'm devoted to, number one, me, you know, and they come up with that yolo thing, you know you only live once or whatever it is. Right. that phrase should get thrown out of your vocabulary because <laughs> you live more than once, well, and
3: like you said, oftentimes those people are sacrificing too whether it 's friendships, whether it 's their time, putting in the the effort to to get their bodies to the point where they could perform their skill if they 're yeah. devoted to something like that, like they 're still sacrificing something, and I think that Oftentimes we miss it because we don't think of that as sacrifice, but they're giving up a whole lot more yeah. so that they can have what they want.
2: Yeah, this Borland guy that, that quit uh, res- resigned from football after one year, yeah. what he was saying is I'm not willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. the future. And the NFL was very concerned about what he said because they're afraid there's going to be a rash of others that think the same way, yeah. uh, of good players. And he was a good player. But, you know, what What they're saying is there is a sacrifice to being a football player making that kind of money. hmm there is. And I'm not willing to make it. Yeah. And I would suggest that our listeners think about the things they're devoted to and what the sacrifice is. And if it's not God and other people, I think that they're going to find that their sacrifice is a waste of time. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of depression and anger down the road comes, midlife crises, you know, those kinds of things, because they've realized their sacrifice is not something that's bringing back anything to them.
3: You know, and even carrying that over to, to many of the people listening, I think that even when it comes to our devotion to God, I think sometimes what keeps us from being, being fully devoted to God is that we're not willing to sacrifice things. Right. Everyday things, whether it's popularity, acceptance, fitting in. When we stand up for God, especially in a world that has quickly fallen away from Him, it means that we need to be more bold in our faith to show that devotion. And oftentimes we're not willing to sacrifice... Because we're we're more worried about ourselves, right, than about the ultimate end goal
2: in right. it. So in the end, we're really more concerned about our comfort, and that's what drives us. Right, that's what we're devoted to. Yeah, we're not devoted to God. Yeah, you know, it's it's not hard for somebody, a, a mom, to stand in front of danger to protect her child. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's they would be willing. You know, I don't know how many times as a parent, when my child was sick or something was happening, my thought was, I wish I could go through that. Yeah. for you, and you not go through that. Mm-hmm. That's a common thought. What am I saying? I wish I could suffer for you. That is being devoted to the right things, I think, at that mm-hmm. point. But what, what's interesting is is really, I don't even think we know we're slaves. Remember the Bible tells us that truth sets us free? Yeah. Okay, so it sets us free so that we can be actually living in a way that we were made to live. We were made to sacrifice certain things. And Satan makes it so that we're not willing to sacrifice those things. So what I was made to sacrifice was my comfort. I was made to sacrifice that. And Satan makes it like, no, that's the one thing you can't sacrifice. Well, then I'm going to be miserable yeah, Mm -hmm. because I was made to sacrifice that. Yeah, I I was made to pursue God and pursue the best of other people. And in that process, then I am not doing necessarily what's best for Dave Wager. That's why it's so important for our listeners to know what they're devoted to. Mm -hmm. Because if you're devoted to money or if you're devoted to to dopamine you know and again you'd have to look that up if it's the thing in your brain that goes off for pleasure um and if you are devoted to that uh, it, if you're devoted to comfort you know the sacrifices you know i was watching a some program was talking about people suffering from health things you could take somebody that it's well known that like cigarette smoking harms your health yeah. and yet there's many people that smoke you yeah. know well why they must be devoted to something other than health hmm. yeah you know what I mean? And and that's what you want to think about. What are what are you devoted to? And is it worth being devoted to? In the end, I think everyone will find that being devoted to anything other than God or loving other people, they'll be disappointed. It will let them down, and it will let them down big.
1: Yeah, and and it's so important to figure out too if what you're devoted to is bringing hope in your life we get to those points where we feel like giving up. You guys can probably think of the mentors in your life. Even you, Dave, there have probably been points in your, in your walk somewhere along the way where you just felt like, man, is this, is this really worth going through over again? Yes. You know, we we struggle with that. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you believe, what you believe about God or, or faith or any of that. We get to those moments where we doubt. We doubt our ability, we doubt the time and the investment and all that if it's really worth it in the end. Yeah. And so we struggle with the devotion part of it. Even even the greatest dads, if you, maybe you have a good a father figure in your life or a dad in your life and there are points where your dad probably thought, you know, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. You know, and just that doubt of being devoted to being a family person, being devoted to a job or a workplace or to a friend, even we get this all the time. a lot of questions that come in, Should I still be friends with this person they 've hurt me so bad in the past and and being devoted to, to helping them get better and yeah. not just being a friend, but to help them get better. I mean there's so many examples that it can be difficult in life to stay devoted to something or to someone because of the times that we get disappointed in our life.
2: Yeah, too. The definition of it is so critical because here you have, let's say, a parent that's devoted to the good of their children. So, so they give their children everything. Hmm. Are they really devoted to their good? Because they're destroying them by this. Uh, there's many psychology articles out there that just talk about the dangerous practice of parents uh, constantly affirming kids for everything they do, Mm -hmm. you know, and how that's actually making them more narcissistic. But what are they committed to? They're committed to comfort in their own home, making the child happy. There's, you know, let's just give them some food. Let's give them some, let's make them comfortable. What if the best thing we can do is go with our children and let them fail at something and help them learn how to go through that? See, being devoted to somebody again you have to ask what am i devoted to in their life am i devoted to them never hearing criticism mm-hmm. am i devoted to them never falling down am i am i devoted to them in a way that really will not help them in the long run because really helping somebody is a whole lot harder yeah. than enabling somebody to stay the same
1: something that kind of comes through a lot in our culture is there are so many different ideas of what we should be devoted to for young women a lot of them believe you know if i'm if i just have that you see those beauty commercials all the time you know with the makeup and So these young girls just go through thinking, well, if I just did my makeup like this, or if I had that makeup or that look, you know, that haircut, that dress, that outfit, guys, you know, if you just worked out, if you just maybe took these enhancements or whatever to, you know, build up your muscles, that you'd be stronger, you'd be, you know, a better physique, that, you know, we just get to believing so many different lies about life and what the purpose is of life that, I think that's the things that we get devoted to that turn out to be sour in our life because we realize it really wasn't worth chasing after those things. So I'd like to get some of your thoughts on that as well. Hit us up on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave.
1: Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. As We're wrapping things up here tonight. It's important to just take a note that... You know, As we're talking about devotion and we're talking about some of these topics, it, it might not even resonate with you right now. Maybe life is just difficult for you and you're struggling and not sure what even you're devoted to, what's worth being devoted to in your life. I would just encourage you to chat with the live coach right now at hopenet360.com. They're there around the clock and they're there anytime you need to chat with someone real about what's going on in life and some of the issues, some of the problems that come up that you just, you're not sure how to tackle them or how to address them or, or even to solve them. It'd be one of those things just to just to have a conversation. We believe that conversations save lives. And so tonight on the show we're chatting about devotion, being committed to something, and not always feeling like you want to be devoted to it. And we've been talking about a lot of different things. Catch the podcast at hope dot 360com slash podcast. But guys, as we're wrapping things up tonight, I think you know it's important to figure out, you know, Devotion as, as a, a definition you know it's being committed it's, we've talked about how devotion fits into religion and how it fits into many different areas of our life. Uh, I'd like to hear some of your final thoughts as wrapping up the show tonight.
2: I think when I think of devotion, I think of the importance of really being committed to what you really know and making sure what you know is true in First John chapter five we 're told that we can know. Uh, God, and that we can know that we're a part of our, his family. And I would encourage people to go read the book of First John and understand the tremendous position that you have if you're a child of God. Uh, I think that um, if you're very discouraged tonight and you're dis- disappointed with God or you're angry with God or you're angry thinking life has not delivered for you, I don't think you know who God is. And I think that probably you're devoted to the wrong things because when you're devoted to the right things, You are able to stand firm no matter what it costs you. And the sacrifice is not a sacrifice anymore. It's a privilege. And that's hugely different. If you're devoted to the wrong thing, then people can change what you're devoted to. And because you will see that it doesn't deliver. And in life, I have discovered there's only two things that I should be devoted to. Number one is loving the Lord God. And that, by definition, would be obeying him. And, and I, you will find that God has not changed. He will not change. He made us a certain way, and loving him is critical. And the second thing is loving other people. And that means thinking about, in every relationship, how can I make that person's life the best it can be? And I'm telling you, if you're devoted to the things that God says you should be, it gives you in life a reason to get up every morning, a reason to be tired, an excitement about your journey, and you are not somebody that's continually... Finding the, the purposes and significances of, of life that you cannot find. It's important that you understand what you're devoted to. And if you're devoted to something that is not right, then it's time to really get back into the Word of God and and understand His love for you, respond to Him. Go to Hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach about any confusion you have. But I'm telling you, it can be. Where you're devoted to the right things, and those things just spur you on to a life that is abundant and that you really enjoy living.
3: Yeah, and I think that's that's a that's a huge encouragement. And as we think about just our devotion to God, you know, I came across this quote yesterday as I was cruising Facebook. I'm not sure where it came from or who, who posted it, but um, it really kind of fits in with what we're talking about today because our primary thing that we want to do is, is focus on our relationship with God. And so it says this. It says our relationship with God is the primary thing. Our service for Him is secondary, if we aim at the primary thing, we will get the secondary. If we aim at the secondary thing, there's no assurance that we will get it. And for sure, we will miss the, se- the primary. You know, and, and that's really what we're talking about here. I mean, to put it simply, you know, we want each of you to have a strong relationship with God. Um, and I think sometimes we can get so caught up in the things you know, that we think we need to do in order to do that, when actually we just need to take the time to be devoted to God and, and to take the time to, to invest in that relationship because everything else will fall into place if, if we're focusing on that. You know, we'll become more selfless if we're focused on a relationship with God. Whereas if, if we try to be selfless, you know, we might get it at times, but we might not be that close with God then. You know, we right. might feel distance and that sort of thing. And so I would just encourage you, you know, if you're not regularly in the Word, if you're not regularly spending time with God, you know, I would say start there. It's a great starting point be intentional, you know, show your devotion by setting aside intentional time just to talk and listen and, and, to, and to be with God. Oh, I love that. That quote, you're going to have to send me that quote so we can get that in the show notes there, Jason. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, it just sums up so much of our world today. And the really the main point that I have tonight and some of the closing thoughts is, number one, this whole devotion thing and what we're committed to, what we're enthusiastic about, what we decide to put our time and our talent, and our energy towards and and even our treasure. What we put our time and our treasure, what we sacrifice for, shows what we're devoted to. Is what we're devoted to is it a temporary thing? Is it an effect? Or is it something that's eternal? Is it beyond what this world is or even beyond maybe our our life of work? You know, I think of people who work for 30, 40 years at a, a job, and you can work the same job for that many years. And then one day you get to that point of retirement or maybe you know the, the company changes directions and they let so many people go. Maybe you get let go one day and now you're like, well, I, I devoted my entire life to this. Now what do I do? And those things, it's not bad to be devoted to a workplace. I would challenge many of our young culture today to, to be really be focused on being dedicated and not just there just to make money or to make a paycheck and to be so set on the, the effects of those things. But instead to be focused be dedicated in the the people who you are around be dedicated to uh, the job that you're working and be dedicated to your community of friends, your neighbors, the people that you live next to that you see every single day. Be dedicated to those things, be there and be present. But to know the difference between what is temporary and what is eternal is a huge difference. And that's why we go back to God because God God is eternal. He is not bound by our time, by our limitations that we have on earth. He's not a created being. And that's why we say, we always go back to, he's older than you. He's wiser than you. He knows more. You can trust him. He's faithful. And we need those, those people in our life. We need to know that there's a God who is those things for us and that he is the God, the creator of heaven and earth. And that we can have confidence in that, that whenever those things change, whenever maybe we don't make it to the state tournament, maybe we don't get called for tryouts to, to go pro in our sport or get hired at the job that we thought we would get hired at. When those things fall to the wayside, we can still have a, an immovable confidence in life. And that's that to me is hope, is having an immovable confidence in who we are, who God is, and to not only that, but then we can be devoted and to give 110%, not give 50% or 60% uh, for 10, 15 years. I think some of us live our life doing just enough to get by. And is that really worth it? Does that exude devotion? I don't know that it does. I don't know that you can work at a place or give... Fifty percent, sixty percent, and say, "Yeah, I'm devoted to that." I don't think that works, and nobody else would would probably say, "Yeah, that that shows devotion." I think the people that we look at in our life who we would say are devoted are people who give everything they have, their time, their talent, their treasure, and everything. So it's important to recognize those things. And as we're wrapping up tonight, be aware of the devotion busters, things that can come in into our life. And guys, if you have any thoughts on this, just please chime in. Um, but some things like gossip. The feelings of insecurity or doubt, while we have those feelings, it's important to know that we can't be bound by those feelings. That's not part of devotion. Hate, even self-hate, the times that we you know are discouraged in ourselves and our own accomplishments or our shortcomings, those things, if we're focused on those, that will disrupt our ability to be devoted and to even have a reckless attitude, to think that I'm invincible. One of the things that young people have to realize as we get older is that we're not invincible, that we're not able to do Everything we ever wanted to do and make it okay, you know, we can end up getting hurt. Some things are just not worth playing with. Fire is not always worth playing with uh, if It's gonna if it's going to harm us. So any thoughts on those, you guys?
2: You know, devotion to the wrong thing will yield disappointment. If you're living a life of disappointment, it probably means you've been devoted to the wrong things. Now you need to start searching for the right things.
3: And if you are devoted to the wrong thing at some point you know, when it comes to the end and you're looking for more, there's going to be no more for it to offer, no. you know, and, and when you're devoted to God, that's the only thing that will last no. forever.
2: 1 John 5, 13 says, I write these things who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. There's a way to know what you believe and then to get your life in line with what you believe. Just make sure that what you believe is true and not just something to
1: believe. Check out the show notes at hopenet360.com. And you'll find all the, the links and different articles and resources, ideas, things that we talked about tonight. Also, connect with us on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We're going to hang out there for a little bit longer tonight. And any during the week, you can use that hashtag. We'll get your message, your thoughts, and connect with us that way. As for all of us here on the show, I'm Jeff saying so long. We'll see you guys online next week. Bye. Later.